Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. This is going to be a very special episode this time, as it is with the spouses of the men of Broken Record Ministries. So with us tonight is my lovely bride, Tisha. Hello. Brother Bob's wife, Rose, is here. Hello. Professor Carl's wife, the ninja Stephanie, is here. Hello. Silent Ron's beautiful bride, Karen, is here. (laughs) Look at that. She jumped on quicker than Ron has in any episode ever. She's asserting herself. Ron's got to step up his game. And the normal narrator of the show is uh, his wife, Melissa, is here with us. Hello. There we go. Um, This week's uh, Bible verse is Genesis 2, 18 through 25. And Miss Rose is going to read that for us. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he could call them, would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept took took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman." because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Thank you very much. So this um, episode of The Roundtable is what I have titled The Backbone of Broken Record Ministries. So all of these ladies, like I introduced, are um, the spouses of the men that are normally heard. And one of the things that we say is that this is not just for men. It's not just a men's podcast, but we haven't been very good at representing the women. So I am hoping to change that and uh, go forward in that. But um, our wives are so important to our lives, to our walks, and to the ministry, and to the church, and to the kingdom of God. So I wanted to facilitate this and hopefully get you guys just talking to say what's kind of behind the curtain. You know, how, um, let's start with, uh, it can go a million different directions and could be very deep or, or not, but how has Broken Record Ministries, since its inception, which started with just the podcast, but now grown on, affected your lives? I know I'm going to go first because I'm Mike's wife, and he likes to talk first. So I'll just dig right in here. Thank you, baby. How has it affected my life in so, so many ways? Um, I believe that Broken Records has for sure brought a group of men together. So it's not so much about the entity itself that has affected my life as the relationship between the men. And I think that it is a classic example of iron sharpens iron. I think that you have men at various walks. They're at different points in their walks, and they're also at different points in their callings. Mm -hmm. And so my experience mostly is with you, although I... I do spend a lot of time with broken records. I do the men's lunches. I do go to some of the meetings that are more business meeting driven um, as a female representative. So I think I have some time in it, I guess you could say. But in your walk, I think that it has been a blessing and a challenge. So this is not a just Monday night or what, you know, I know it releases on Wednesday. This is not a one night, one hour thing, and then boom, you're done. This ministry carries on to other areas of your life. And so for us, that has um, 
people have reached out to us because of the podcast. So it has created more opportunity to disciple, whether it's with couples, whether it's with families, um, whether it's with addiction. And um, so we've come in contact with a lot of our community and outside of our community. And you being the head of that has created challenges in time because of our family size. Mm -hmm. So I think just the time and dedication that it takes is an adjustment as a spouse because dinner still has to be made. I still get home late some nights. And so if you're doing ministry, then that creates a challenge for how we get all of the other things done. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of reminds me, the Bible doesn't say specifically, but you know that the apostles picked up and left and went with Jesus. And and that's beautiful in that. But I almost, I don't know which is harder, being the person who picks up and heads out with Jesus and lives this whole different lifestyle that they don't know what to expect, but you're with Jesus. I mean, let's just get back to that. <sighs> or being the person at home who's kind of holding down the fort. Because if you're Simon's wife and you're at home and you're like, so when are you going to be back? I don't know. I guess Jesus will tell us. Well, how are we going to pay our bills? I don't know. I'm pretty sure God will work it out, you know, and all of these things. And I feel like sometimes that's what ministry feels like. Ministry feels like waiting to to know what's my role as your wife in it. And how do I not get lost in that as well? How do I assert myself in your ministry? Because really, the women that I respect most in the Bible are the women who provide wise counsel, that are supportive, that love on their spouse or whomever, love on whomever's discipling, even if it's not a wife-husband relationship. And um, and so I want to be like those women, although I'm not 100% always like those women. Sometimes I'm human. Like, I'd like to eat before 10 o'clock tonight. If we can make that happen, that would be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Anyone? I think it's brought a lot of good friendships, a lot, even between the women of all y'all's wives and all of you guys. If either one of y'all need each other, you're there for each other anytime, night or day, and we get to do all kinds of really cool things for everybody. So, yeah. We talk a lot on here about the community and how important it is to our walks. And I know that Tisha and I, and she loves it whenever we say checking the boxes. But when I was uh, previously checking the boxes in my walk, um, we didn't have that at all. You know, we thought we did, but it wasn't, there was no relationships. There was no um walking side by side or iron sharpening iron or being there or, you know what I mean? Or being able to call somebody and say, Hey, um, I'm at the lake with my boat. I have a flat tire and I can't get this thing off <laughs> and having somebody show up. I would have never dreamed of calling anyone oh, a yeah. friend yeah. and doing that. Never, never. I wouldn't have been comfortable doing yeah. that. You know, so, I mean, so to us, it's such a huge thing. Um, you know, but also knowing that if I get out of line, I got a group of guys that's going to smack me back, yeah. you know, and I welcome it. You know, I always used to think, oh, I'd, I'd like that. And, and then you get it and you're like, oh, wait, how does, you know, how, does that happen with ladies? Are you looking for accountability partners? Bueller? <laughs> Not sure. I think Steph, so. you're shaking. This is an audio podcast. You were shaking your head, so I need a verbal commitment there. <laughs> yes. And have you found it? Are you finding that, whether it be with BRM or not, as far as with your community? Um. Well, with my anxiety, especially being more social anxiety than anything. To build those relationships, to have that accountability partner, um, and I do feel like I'm gaining that, but being very hesitant and withdrawn as I am, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Yeah. 
No, I get it. I mean, I I can't imagine, you know, just with the you know the social anxiety portion of it, because um, I know that. Melissa also has a little bit of that um, to the point of when I ask her questions, her sister's usually like, don't put her on the spot. Stop it. Don't, Stop it. Don't ask her that. Yeah, don't ask her. You know, um, so I can only imagine. And I think everything that you guys do do is so tremendous. Um, I know that you have come a long way, obviously, by she coming is. on the, the podcast, um, because even having you start off, you know, in our small group and you were, you would never sit down, never. And Sometimes it still takes you a little bit, you know, depending on the day and where we are. But still, I think those social graces of being able to feel comfortable enough to do that is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy and proud of you at the same time. Um, And, you know, that it's amazing. And Melissa's come a long way as well. You know, we talked before we were on air. um, Mm -hmm. Ronnie's going to love that one. That uh, she's like, well, I don't. I don't even know what I'm going to say. I, I'm like, I don't have anything to say. I, I don't do anything for BRM. And it was like, have you not been at every single uh, conference that we have? Yeah, at the merch table. That's all I do. Um, does that include talking to people? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but the very first conference, you also found and you talked to the lady who had dro- driven all the way from Iowa all by herself, Right. So where you then from the very back of the building had to run to Ronnie to say, you need to talk to this woman now, you know, because well, it was, them. I really run. Oh, okay. <laughs> I apologize. That was quick, quicker anyway to text right. him. I get, okay, sorry. Um, but you found him and you know, he came and listened and that was like, that was the one, you know, that we, we talk about if, if we talked to one person or reached one person or whatever, um, that, then everything else is, is moot. It's just, it, that's what it's for is that one person that's supposed to hear it. And you found that person and shared it with him to where she, unbeknownst to her, then she got pulled on stage to share her story and everything else. Talk about social anxiety, right? right? It could have been worse. <laughs> um, so, but do you feel like you found a community within BRM and further? I mean, I do with some of the women. I think some of us are closer than others. I think it's different than with the guys. You mm-hmm. guys are like a team. Mm-hmm. And I just think maybe women just have so many other hats that they have to wear mm. that it's hard to um, have that commitment or even the time to be able to form those relationships. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I made a face and I, yeah, that, really. I heard Tisha's stomach growl. And she was like backing. She, no, she was backing away from the microphone. Like she, but I'm sorry. I don't get fed until after podcast. <laughs> Same. Um, but no, I think that that's, that's, that's a, a, such a true mm-hmm. statement. Again, you all facilitate us being able to come on Mondays. So Mondays. We don't have to worry about anything. You know, um, when Tisha works, I take Tisha to work because that hour and 45 minutes that we have there and back um, has been pivotal in our marriage and in our walk, I think, um, together um, that to take that away was a big deal. And sometimes she works on Mondays, but then she drives herself. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I get some flack. Really? I got to drive myself? <laughs> but uh, it, uh, it is such, it's a big deal because that's a big deal to me as well to have that time. But so, you, you know, to do ministry and to be able to do these things, you have to facilitate and you all do the most facilitating because if I don't drive her to work, okay, but she's got to worry about she always makes sure she's up herself, but she has to make sure she gets all of her stuff. She gets her makeup done before she goes. She has to um, worry about where she's parking, how how long before her shift she gets there because she's got to walk now instead of just being dropped off at the door. Um, just all of the things, you know, does she have enough gas? Does she got to get gas on the way home? Does she all of these things that she didn't have to let alone? Okay. Then now what am I doing about dinner? What am I doing about these things? And that's just, on a day, let alone everybody else's, what what you guys go through, especially if anybody has little ones, Stephanie. 
because yeah, and you have three that Grace thinks she is, but she's not self sufficient. <laughs> you know, so um, so that's amazing. You know, and you know Bob's like a baby. So <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> no. We, in fairness, we all are sometimes, but no. Um, it's a man thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, we're all looking to be mothered at some point in time. <laughs> but uh, so, Karen, what about you? Do you feel like you have a community? Yes. Audio. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Again, audio podcast. And it's not on yes. video. So. <laughs> yes, I do. Any more you want to expound on that? Like, how has that changed for oh, you? Or Well, um, I don't really know if it's BRM specifically, but like the Saturday morning group, I don't ever think that, oh, I can't, I shouldn't go, or I don't want to go, or I don't want to get up to go. I don't ever think that. Mm, that's so awesome. That's, yeah. that's yeah. I mean, I want to go to see the women, mm-hmm. um, and the group has changed over the years, and that's okay. Yes, yeah. And there's still, I think I could. I mean, the women that I'm around, I think I could contact any one of them, anyone in this in this room, anyone that I'm, I think, and they would, they would help me or try to find some help for me. Yeah, I don't, for sure. Sometimes even when you don't want it, we show up to your door. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> True Not story. that I don't want it. I just wasn't prepared. Oh, no. Yes. yes. In that moment, probably didn't. But, um, so, yeah. No, it's it's been good. Yeah. And good. It's been a good change for Ron. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I remember, um, again, when we were checking the boxes, um, we used to go to church, which was 45 minutes start to finish. And that was including all of the songs and everything like we do, the sermon, everything. Um, and then we would go to Bible study, and it would be half hour, if Our that, lives. in between the two services. And we thought that was enough church. Sometimes we thought that was too much. We're like, do we really want to go, go to Bible study? And like it was us and another couple that was friends of ours. So I think it was you, like, I think you thought it was too much. True, <laughs> true. But I'll be still, transparent in that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so then now, like we were just talking about it this morning and it was, you know, we have church and sometimes children's church. And then we have that uh, Sunday evenings, our small group, then Monday night podcast, and then usually some sort of counseling and whatever. And it's never a, oh, this is too much. We got to slow down. It's usually a, can we fit something else in there? You know what I mean? Is, is there something else we, God's wanting us to do? Not us for ourselves, of course, but is there something else we can be doing for God? And that's amazing to me when, and to me, feels like that lets us know that we're actually walking how we're supposed to be walking. Um, I was going to say for Karen, Karen definitely reaches back. I know she hesitated for a moment to answer, but Karen's that person in your community that will call you after you've had a rough weekend and go, are you okay? Mm. Nope. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm really not okay. Yeah. And then she listens and she's like, I'm so sorry I made you cry. Nope, you didn't make me cry. <laughs> you just kind of opened up the gate. <laughs> but, uh, and so I think that's really beautiful because, you know, she's talking about how she believes she could reach out and how she would be there. But watching her growth just in the trust and this and the, discipleship because even even her presence being there and you know whether it's at BRM or whether it's at Saturday morning Bible study it's that that kind of constant I'm glad to be here that everybody draws from mm-hmm. that that Karen's like where else would I be mm-hmm. except in the word so that's really beautiful to me So is there any adverse effects that anybody's had from BRM? Like, seriously. Again, I'm not asking you just to complain and complain or anything, but like, I want to know. I can speak to that one. Oh. Um, when Carl got started with this, it was going on every Monday night to hang out with some guys. Mm-hmm. I'm at home at the time, I believe, maybe not. If we knew of Naomi at the time, I think it would be four even. I'm like, here I am at home, two kids after working at the school all day, trying to figure out supper, trying to get everything situated, grades in her sports. And it was very frustrating. And then Naomi came along, and I'm like, here I am with three kids now. 
mm-hmm. and trying to do all the same things and trying to make sure I stay for my work and do everything. Um, and so it got to a point where I felt like, okay, God, so clearly I am just the wife and just the mother and just the housekeeper. Like, that's how I felt. He can go off and he can do all of the ministry things that you're calling him to, which, that's great. But, and I don't get into my feelings very much at all, but I'm like, God, this is how I feel. Like, I feel like I am just. Mm. And that was very hard to confront. And then God took me to several people in the Bible who, they were wives and mothers and homekeepers, but they were more. And that was pivotal. I know part of this was getting into your walk, and that was pivotal for me, like, in the past year, was just Lydia. Mm-hmm. Lydia's been huge in Priscilla. She's huge right now for me. And even Abigail, and having the boldness that she had, and I'm like, okay, God, you're putting all these wonderful biblical women in my life. You have a message for me. And so now, I don't see it as a burden. I see it as God's using DRM to define who he wants me to be. But mm-hmm. I had to get past my just feelings first. Mm-hmm. So talk about Lydia a little bit. Talk about what what is a part of that story that really reached in to touch you. Um, Lydia, as far as we know, was the first person in Asia to have an in-home church. And so my daughter... Um, a years ago was basically told women are just in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, First they, Timothy. Mm-hmm, they are not allowed to do basically any kind of leadership that they are just basically to be present. Like the part where Paul's like, if you have any questions, wait till you get home and talk to your husband. And that devastated her because she was very much on fire for God. Um, and it completely snuffed her out, to be honest and transparent. And so I started digging like, <laughs> We have Deborah. And so, like, I just kept going back to Deborah. Mm-hmm. Deborah is such a powerful and strong woman Deborah. in the Bible. And then God took me to Lydia. And she was the first, as far as we know, the first person who had an in-home church in her home. And there's no mention of a husband. It said that she went and basically got her entire house baptized after hearing about Christ. And yeah. for a woman to do that, more than likely that... Scholars are saying that her she was probably a widow, but a very well-off widow to be able to do it and have all of her staff still. And that was eye-opening for me, that women aren't just in the church. Women can be leaders. Women can help. Women can step up and do the things, if, especially if there's not a man to do it or if God's placing it on them, that they don't have to just sit on the sidelines and wait for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can, from my perspective, um, I don't know how there would be any church without the women. I mean, because 95% of the work that goes on is by the women. And to not be given credit in that is is crazy. So crazy. You know, when you talk about volunteering and all of these things, you know, how many, like, just at our church... I mean, there's so many things that would not happen whatsoever if the women were like, oh, we're just, hmm, good luck. You know, I mean, honestly, you, you, you know, and, and, and that's not even to say any of the other things that they do do as far as outreach or anything like that. I'm just talking about in, within the church and um, things that they're, you know, put out uh, for the daily running of it, if you will. Um, so I know um, Tish and I had talked about Grace and, and about that, and um, and to uh, during our small group to have her speak out and stuff like that is so huge, and it's so great, because sometimes she's like, well, it's like, and she just starts going, and you're just listening, and you're like, man, you know, she gets it. She does. And that's amazing, because obviously I know some of it, it, it comes from what she's being taught at home, which is great. Um, but then more of it, because I see you and Carl both looking at her when she's speaking, and you're just like, okay, she does get it. She is getting it. She is looking out on her own, and for a girl her age, it's amazing. You know? Are you going to say something? I'm sorry. No, I agree. I'm thinking about Grace, and of course she has a special place in my heart, as as you well know, because we've talked about it in our home. But um, 
I want to piggyback on kind of what Stephanie is saying, because I thought about women in the Bible and their roles. And um, I also had some struggle with the First Timothy passages that you, women don't teach. They You sit and be quiet, and if you need to know something, your husband will tell you. And I just, um, I don't see myself in all of that. And I'm not saying I, you know that I'm, I was willing to submit. God help me, it took me a while. But it also took you a while to lead. It took us a while oh, to figure this out yeah. and to lead godly lives and lead our marriage how God intended. But that being said, I don't think that you expect me to sit silently and wait for you to spoon feed me whatever I'm allowed to know. Absolutely not. I I just, that's not who I am. That's a good thing. (laughs) Amen. So um, for me, Luke 8, 3 stood out because it's Joanna, the wife of Chusa. And um, he was the manager of Herod's household. And it's interesting because Joanna is one of the few women in the Bible, you don't hear about her a ton, but she was at the resurrection of Christ. She was one of the women who went and placed um, all of the, she went to the tomb with all of the spices and all the things that the women did and whatnot. But when they speak of her, they speak of her and her husband's name in the same passage, which doesn't happen often in the Bible. Um, And I love that that's the woman, I if I was going to be spoken of biblically, I would want to be spoken in the same breath that you're spoken. And not, not that I consider myself equal to you. We are different, made beautifully different mm-hmm. um, for God's purpose. But I love the, that she pursued her own things in Jesus's ministry, but also you could see that they were a team because they were spoken of together. Mm-hmm. And because that doesn't happen often, it means it really stood out. So that's kind of the angle that I want to come from, is I want to be such a strong team with you that the gospel is lived out in our marriage. And I know we say that when people get married, but I really, really mean it, that it's a beautiful thing to say at a wedding, but it's another thing to live it in your life because living out the gospel in your life means that you're loving me like Jesus loves the church. So when I am not being lovable, which is not often. I just want to tell everyone out there. <laughs> no, that's so false. <laughs> I mean, um, absolutely. Better. There are moments I'm not very lovable. Um, you are called to love me anyway. And right. I'm sure that that can be hard. But on the same token, when you're not leading in a way that I believe is um, beneficial or that I don't see value in, I'm still called to follow. Uh, and to live out this gospel and to live out this ministry, for you to be a good disciple for you to reach lives, you have to have my my support. So when we say that we're in for something, we're all in. And so usually our code word is, okay, I'm in, I'm all in. And so we'll talk about a subject that is on our hearts. And then you'll say, hey, I feel called to do this. Or I'll say, I feel called to do this. And sometimes it's reluctantly, like I think Stephanie had felt called to come here. Mm-hmm. And with someone with social anxiety, I have to believe because I'm nervous here, and I don't I don't consider myself to have a whole lot of social anxiety. But you turn a microphone on, and all of a sudden, I'm like, hmm, what am I What am I going to say? Well, I jokingly uh, told Carl when she showed up, and she looked like Eminem coming in for a rap battle because like she had a hoodie over her yeah. eyes, and she came. Yeah. And at first, when I turned around, I was like, who is this? And then she kind of looked up, and I was like, oh, okay, hey. And just the way when I asked her, what are you doing here? Obeying. <laughs> it was just so like morbid. And it was just like, oh, okay. So I took it a different way. And I was like, did like Carl say something? And I was like, eh, I don't think that was it. You know? <laughs> and then later she told us, you know, no, God's been on me for a few I weeks. And Carl finally said, you have to go. Yeah. And sometimes that's what we need. But that's where I'm talking about living out the gospel in our marriage is that sometimes. Sometimes we need to be told, you, you know, what God's been putting on your heart. Right. And so whether that's me to you or you to me, that there's times where we go, it's time to obey. It's time to. Well, in one of the things that I read on, when I read in the scripture that we that wrote so nicely read for us tonight that I really, really loved was um, when it talks about the Lord making the woman. Um, he says, I will make him a helper fit for him. 
He didn't say a servant. He didn't say somebody below him. He didn't say he will be the manager of. Uh, it was a helper. So to me, that's on equal playing ground. You know what I mean? Because it's not an employee or anything like that. A helper is somebody that you consider like an equal to be able to help you in any way. In the Bible, the Holy Spirit is also called a helper. So when I consider that term helper as the wife yeah. for a husband, I think of the Holy Spirit in my life and how integral and how present that is. Mm-hmm. So I think of the term helper as with the highest honor. Because if you're going to call the Holy Spirit a helper, if I can even be in that category, then... Oh, yeah. Anything within the realm of God is pretty pretty special place to be. So, how do you ladies feel your walks are going with having... Um, not necessarily your significant other in BRM, because of course that doesn't matter to anything, but... Um, how has it affected your walks, whether it be positively or negatively? I know Melissa has something to say about this <laughs> because I think there's been challenges, right? Yeah, there has been. For sure, because Melissa, you were the spiritual leader for a while in your home. Yeah. I was one that was going to church and wanted Ronnie there by my side, and he did not want to have any part of it. So. so- how has that shift gone for you then? Um, I don't say that I wouldn't have nothing. I don't want anything to do with it, but we, I compare a lot. And so he surpassed my walk a long time ago, and I think it stunted mine to where I, didn't, I couldn't keep up. I still can't keep up, so it's something I still work on. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you Something that's a secret, not a secret. (laughs) My beloved wife is so far ahead of me in biblical knowledge that it's not even funny. She can quote things, and like I was listening to Stephanie and her talk about these women in the Bible, and (laughs) I was like, who? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, for the longest time, uh, and Carl will correct me later, um, I thought Habakkuk was made up. I literally told her, now you're just making stuff up to make me feel stupid. That's not in the Bible. Oh, it's an entire book in the Bible. <laughs> you know, um, but I think that in, in our walks, I think that the, uh, I think that your walks go back and forth as far as stepping ahead of and then sometimes behind our significant others, um, dependent upon how, how much, I don't want to say, it's really not dependent on anything other than how you're getting into it, how you're getting into the word and, and what you're doing to prepare yourself. Um, I had a really hard time because I was comparing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, well, if she's here, I got to be surpassing. I got to be, but I, I couldn't do that because she's still continuing as well. And it's just, I felt left behind. Mm-hmm. You feel that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know where you're coming from. And um, I think that you have to remember, and I say this because I had to remember, <laughs> I had to learn, not even know, but just learn. Her walk is her walk. My walk is my walk. I want to have a relationship with Christ, but my relationship with Christ is in, in no way, shape, or form built on hers. She can have whatever relationship she wants with Christ as long as she has one, and well, and a good one. I mean, I don't want you to check the boxes. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I think that's like use that phrase. Yeah, I think again. that's like four. Okay, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's but so fun. I can't. Um, I can't. Also, can't hinder her walk because um, because I feel like she's so far advanced. If that makes sense, so it's just a matter of getting comfortable with your own walk and your own relationship with Christ to still seek him and do what you feel like you can do, whatever that is. You know, our our church is really big on pick the one thing Mm -hmm. and do that well. Um, You know, and I think that's what you need to focus on and not worry about the comparisons because there's God doesn't compare you. It still makes it hard. Absolutely. If it helps you any, Robert's way ahead of me, and he got saved at 32. I was saved at 12. Yeah. I don't know. I know 
from you and, and, and you, and, and obviously I know our story. Um, was there anybody who wasn't the spiritual leader at first of your family? And then maybe your husband stepped up to it. And I don't want to say took away because I don't believe that's something that can be taken away. I think it has to be earned by your husband um, to where then you, unfortunately, I think sometimes have to relinquish it just because that's what God calls you to do. But um, were you before? Yes. Okay. And what about you, Stephanie? We were both raised in mm-hmm. um, but he took it more serious than I did. Okay, fair enough. Um, I know, uh, again, I mean, so you have five ladies and all but one. And I think that's a statistic that pretty much I think carries out within Christianity is that for a good period of relationships, marriages, things like that, the woman was the spiritual leader. And they were the ones that you all made sure the kids got up and went to church. You made sure that hopefully the husband went up and went to church. In our house, it was if I wanted breakfast, I had to go to church. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't schmedium Mike then. I love me some breakfast. I'm so sure it was whatever, you know, whatever could reach it, you know. And I think um, over whatever the course of... means necessary <laughs> to get you to the cross. That's right. <laughs> and look at us if, now. No. <laughs> God bless. God bless gravy and biscuits. <laughs> biscuits and gravy, yep. <laughs> Uh, but so how um, how has that transition gone? The transition from having to give up that spot. I don't. I, I pray that nobody ever used it, and I don't think knowing your husband's as like a thing of power over anything to say, "Oh, I'm the spiritual leader." That's it. I know I've heard some guys talk like that before, and it was like. Oh, that's a thing? Like, people actually talk like that. Um, like I said, I can't imagine any of your husbands doing that because they wouldn't be here knowing you ladies. You know? <laughs> I think it's been great because I get to learn from him and I get to watch him grow and I get to, I don't know, watch him do so many amazing things since, I mean, he's we've he's went a long way. Mm-hmm. Done bunch of things that at one point I had never thought could ever be possible. So I'm pretty proud of him. I'm pretty pretty happy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love that. I do too. That's some high praise. Karen? Yeah, pretty much the same. I have watched... My husband say he has nothing to offer and give cross after cross to mm. people he doesn't know, to students. He gave a student a necklace the other day, and she said, I'm going to wear it because Ron gave it to me. And so that opens the door for her and I and her and him to have conversations because she's, you know, she's not quite sure what she thinks. So, And so it's just, it's beautiful to watch you know, and hear his stories of a lady at a gas station that needed this or somebody needed that or I gave a person this or I gave a... I mean, like, I don't have that kind of gift to just... I, I have time and I have love, but he just... I mean, he just... It, it, it's like he just spits it out and there it is. It, it, just, pours <laughs> it just pours out, out of, him. of him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so... He takes the hands and feet seriously. Yes. Mm, oh yes. yeah, you know, he, he really does. He, he does yeah. take the hands and feet. Mm-hmm. And, I've heard th- that term exactly describe to describe your husband numerous mm-hmm. times. Yeah, because he you know. he's not real great at scripture and learning it and, and those things. Um, so that comes easier for me. But for him, it's the the actual going out and discipling to people. I yeah. mean, he's reached a lot of people that he doesn't even know mm-hmm. that he's reached. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, so. Karen, do you feel it's changed your relationship with him at all? Like inside your marriage, do oh, yeah. you feel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Do you think it strengthened it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Did you want to answer that? 
I forgot the question. <laughs> what, was, what was the question? How was the transition oh. of handing off, if you will, <laughs> the reins it of was, the spiritual house? It household. was beautiful. It went wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I knew that God was calling me to submit, and I knew that God was calling you to lead. It was very evident to both of us. So when you came to me and we had the conversation, it was not a surprise because God had already put on my heart that this is coming. And I think it was a surprise for you that I accepted it so probably so easily. But now the living it out is different. Just like I feel like being baptized is beautiful and great, but living out being, you know, a Christian. Being born again. Yes, is is um, much more work than you anticipated. I wanted to just be dunked and be okay. Like, oh, boom, yeah. there we go. I'm good. I'm glowing. <laughs> uh, but... So I think my experience with that was a little a little rough. I think I, we had to pray about it a lot. There was times that I think at first um, that you led in a way that was a little bossy. And I think you were learning. And also I was probably a little sensitive. And so all of that made it for a rough go because initially... I don't think you realized when I said I would submit, I would submit. So that meant when we make a decision in our home and you say, that will not happen, I say, I understand. And because it's not in my personality, you always come back with, what do you mean? What's going on? You just put your foot down. You just made a decision. And I'm not going to fight that decision if that's what God's put on your heart, but I need to know that you've prayed about it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just... There's just some of that balancing because you weren't used to doing it. I think the longer we do it, the better we get at it. I wish we right. would have done it from the beginning of our marriage. Absolutely. Um, because I wish our kids could have, all of our children could have seen it from the beginning. Because mm-hmm. now our kids look at us and go, wait, dad gets to make decisions? Mm-hmm. Like, this is so weird. And, you know, it's the second half, like, after the curtain reopened or whatever. Absolutely, um, yeah. So it's funny for our kids to go, you... Oh, we're we're gonna run this by dad. Dad gets to decide this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, dad does. You know, we'll talk about it, but dad will make the final decision on this yeah. um, after he takes it to God. So, yeah, it was just a process, and I feel like we could have probably done it better. I could have done it better because I think I I'm can be a little bit stubborn um, in everything in what God asks me to do. There's a there's a good thing in that side because I'm stubborn in fighting for God as well. Not that God needs me to fight for him, but just when I'm doing something for the Lord, I do it for the Lord and I dig my heels in. But also when God goes, I want you to move this way, sometimes I'm like, really, God? I think we need to think about this a little longer, you know? It doesn't, that's not what I had in my head. Yeah. And I'm the same way with you sometimes. I try not to be, but I know I know that still exists. Um, working on pride, I think, has helped with that some because then I can identify this is not my questioning your decision in this. This is my pride being hurt a little bit or my pride getting in the way. And so God is also working on that. But there's also a safety and a beauty in it. And I think like Rose said, I get to see the man that you're becoming through God's eyes, through what he wants for your life. And that's so much more beautiful than anything I could have ever imagined our life would be. And I receive the benefit of that love and that you're a changed man. Um, When you disciple others, that also rolls off to your family, including me primarily. And so I receive the benefit of your growth, your knowledge, your generosity, all the fruits of the Spirit that, that are growing inside of you. I get a front row seat to all of that and so i think it's really really amazing and it's a blessing Mm. melissa nothing Mm -mm. nada Mm -mm. you sure okay well you let me know if there is and you just raise your hand i did that to (laughs) (laughs) i did that to will last week and sure enough he did at the end so I was trying to wait to the last just because you're in a different scenario of this is kind of just how it was. Um, did you grow up like watching your mom kind of submit or was your mom the spiritual leader? No? no. Okay. So it, it, what, you didn't learn it. 
from mom, but you had, you still had to do it. How did you, how did it come, not come about, but I mean, was there any, I don't want to say backlash, but like a trepidation on your part of. Um, I think the big thing for that was would be different for us is, like I said, Carl was the one that he, he was digging into scripture and he was digging into context and he was digging into what do these words mean and God has blessed him with such an incredible brain that he reads and he's got all these connections making like being made and he remembers things like nobody I've ever met. But me, I'm like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, I believe in God just like you do. Like, are you trying to get the gold star? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, it was really hard for me, especially being raised Catholic. It was very hard for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I mean, go on. <laughs> um, to say there's more to knowing God than just going to church and listening to your priest preach or going to the confessional or like all these different things. And I'm just like, and then I just kept watching him, and he didn't waver. He just he kept learning and kept growing. He was so excited to tell me about it, and I'm like, okay. And I could just see his fire just. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was his living testimony was a big part for me. That just it wasn't so much me feeling. Um, bad because the roles changed in our home, it was me looking at him and saying, you're serious about this and I see what God's doing to you. So clearly he values this. Mm-hmm. Like, I see the heart you have for God and I see what he's doing in your life. And I want that change too. Wow. And then you just kind of made the commitment where if the Bible says that we do it, if the Bible basically has any kind of hinting of you shouldn't do this, we don't do it. And that's in society is very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really his living testimony. Yeah. Wow. Because he can tell me all the things, but I, don't, I wasn't blessed with the same kind of brain he had. So it's like in one ear after the other a lot. Um, I'm right there with you. see it. And I've seen a lot of people that can say it, but they don't live it out. Mm-hmm. And I have no time for that. <laughs> like, not to be cold about it, but right. if you're not living it out, then I, you lost all integrity to me. I see his integrity. Gotcha. That's awesome. So I have a question mm-hmm. since you mentioned being Catholic. How <clears throat> do we need to how there? how do you believe um just so you now do not attend a Catholic church Correct. at this time. And so how do you believe that that has kind of changed the trajectory of how you approach your faith? Like, what, what would be one big thing that you see that maybe has changed for you? Um, I'm not sure if this is what you're asking, but for me, the biggest thing is God is priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the saints. Um, it's not praying to the different people. So you can, like, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but I was told once in school, um, and I think it might have been the priest was joking with us, but I don't know. And when you're telling 7th and 8th graders, mm-hmm. they don't know if you're joking or not. But I remember one time a priest told me, told my class, in a very small class, that if you don't get what you want from God, then go to his mother. And oh, yes. His mother will make him do it. And so at that point, we put Mary, mm-hmm. who was human like us, above God. And that was something that has always stuck with me. I can still see, like, see myself. And I remember I'm sitting in a Catholic school, ready for in front of a Catholic priest, you know, ready to go to our Catholic Mass that we did, like, once a mm-hmm. week, and ready to take this Catholic confirmation that we had to do. Like, that's what we were all practicing at the time. And he said that. And I got a check in my spirit on that. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not the God that I read about. Because punishment in my house is reading the Bible, too. Hmm. <laughs> Not very often, but oh. it was at times. <laughs> That's <hilarious>. <laughs> <laughs> And I say that, but I only remember my mom actually making me do it once. So I just wanted to put the disclaimer up. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I I can see that because I did spend a little while. Um, I went to various churches, but I was in the Catholic Church for a little while. 
and I was told to go to Mary as well. And I remember thinking, how does this work? So um, it was when there was a struggle in a relationship, well, then pray to Mary. And I thought, that's, I've not heard this from these other churches that I've, you know, because I only attended initially with whomever would take me. So I'd been to a lot of churches and I'm like, that's not what the Baptists say, mm-hmm. you know? So it was just trying to, it was trying to put all of that together. Yeah. Or, or as quietly as the. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. Well, I think, um, I think we'll take the uh, needle off the record and on this, at this point, um, I want to thank you guys again for coming. I do want to make this a regular thing to get some of y'all more comfortable and more talkative and stuff like that. Um, but I appreciate everybody saying something. Um, I really, really do. Um, and Stephanie, would you pray us out? Father, we come to you and we just first thank you for this time that we had together. Thank you for these people that you've placed into each of our lives. We thank you for the opportunity to have our voice to be heard. We thank you for the time that you've given us to do this, for the ability to come and do this. And the things at home to be taken care of, so we have the opportunity to come. And Father, we just we thank you for the path that you placed us on, even though they are all very different. They have all led us here to just honor you and glorify you in this. And we pray that you continue to watch over us, continue to guide us in the direction you would have us go, and to just continue to remember to seek you first above all. We pray for all those that are listening, for all of those who are with us each and every day, and that you just continue to help us to lift them up and pray with them and set them up you. We just thank you and love you. And if you're saying Christ, amen. 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 And we will catch you on the flip side.